Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. For an hour and a half, we kind of forget society and sitting in the theater and just have a good laugh. And, and to be honest, regardless of your you know, political sides or views, it's just downright fun. <laughs> listening to the Datebook Podcast, and this is part three of Babylon Gone, our series about Beach Blanket Babylon, San Francisco's quintessential work of satire. I'm Annie Weinstein. I'm Peter Hartlob. And I'm Lily Janik. Beach Blanket Babylon is ending its run after 45 years on New Year's Eve. In all of that time, the show has never just been for theater insiders. It's belonged to the entire city of San Francisco. Which is why, as part of our Babylon Gone series, we wanted to hear from you. We decided to revive a Chronicle feature from the past called Question Man. For our purposes, we're calling it The Question. Question Man was an extremely popular column that ran in the Chronicle from 1959 to 1993. And for most of those last two decades, the byline was by Conti, which was actually Kristen Delaplane. The rules were pretty simple. A single thoughtful question asked on the same bustling San Francisco street corner. Beach Blanket Babylon's Val Diamond showed up in a question man answer twice. We wanted to take the pulse of the city as it's losing its best known theater company. Maybe that would give us a sense of how much the show mattered and why. Maybe it would give us some answers about why the show's closing. For the record, producer Joe Schumann-Silver has said in interviews with The Chronicle that there wasn't a specific reason for the closure. She just felt it was time. We also wanted to see if our fellow San Franciscans could point a way forward in a post-Beach Blanket Babylon world. For our version, we sent Lily to North Beach, Beach Blanket Babylon's neighborhood home base. I stood outside City Lights Bookstore on Black Friday, freezing myself for a couple of hours in the afternoon. And she asked the same question to every passerby who she could get to talk to her. Have you heard of a company called Beach Blanket Babylon? No, I have not. You, you haven't? No, I have not. I have not. I didn't even get this guy's name, but I'm including him because he's the first person who would talk to me, and I think you can hear in my voice how disappointed I am that he didn't know the show. This is where I'm thinking, oh my god, this is going to be a long day. And I did get a lot of no's over the course of the day, and not even all of them from tourists. This is definitely the Babylon Gone job that I didn't want. Beach Blanket Babylon? I haven't, no. Say that again, Beach Blanket. Babylon. Babylon. No, no. I've never heard of that. I have not. Have you heard of something called Beach Blanket Babylon? Of what? Beach Blanket Babylon. No, I've not. What is it? Beach what? Beach Blanket Babylon. No. I don't... No, it doesn't really... I mean, Babylon, I know know what Babylon is, yeah, but... uh, The name together, I have never heard. Oi, the wife, 
that guy was 16 years old, the last one, and I really like that he wanted me to know that, hey, he knew what Babylon was, <laughs> even if he didn't know Beach Blanket. Was there a point where you just wanted to call Peter and Annie and say, you know what, let's just not do Beach Blanket Babylon and get another subject? I mean, actually, the no's weren't concentrated. I'm, I'm grouping them together for y'all's <laughs> benefit. Um, I, I got a pretty good, like, cross-section over the course of the day. Not every no was disheartening. Here was my favorite one. I've heard of what? Sorry, can you repeat that? Beach Blanket Babylon. I have not, but it sounds wild. So then I got a few maybes, and I love how this first one, I get like all excited with how she sounds at the beginning, and then it's like, oh. I think I have, actually. It's in the park? Yeah, it, it sounds familiar. It's famous, yeah? Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think, I've never been there, but maybe in some, you know, mention of it, yeah. Uh, yes. What have you heard about it? Uh, I just heard about it. It was a uh, play. I've never seen it, though. Uh, no, I have not. I mean, I know the street, but I don't know what it references to. So you've, like, passed by the street? Yes. Yeah. But you're like, what the heck is that thing? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. I always kind of assumed it was, this is kind of random, but I assumed it was some kind of, like, play or something. I'm not sure why. Maybe that's something I know from the past. I don't know why, but I, I assumed it was some kind of play or performance. So then there was a special breed of maybe response. Um, I mean, I think I've seen some like clips of it performed in like the 50s, maybe Malibu area. This is Patrick Costello of Costa Mesa. It took me a minute to figure out why he said Beach Blanket made him think of the 50s or 60s. Uh, what do you remember from those clips? Um, I don't know, just like Dick Dale guitar. I don't remember much. <laughs> Surf music. Surf, surf music. It sounds like an old movie with Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon. Actually, I've heard of Beach Blanket Bingo. I don't know if I've heard of Beach Blanket Babylon. Steve Silver was a huge fan of Beach Blanket Bingo, the movie, and of the beach party film genre. And that's what he named his show after. I did get plenty of yeses throughout the course of my day. And my first was from Abby Snay, who's a 40-year SF resident. Of course, yes. What do you know about the show? Well, I've seen it a few times a long time ago. And it was really sad when it closed. Yeah, it's really a San Francisco institution that somehow um, kept up with the times and kept incorporating contemporary politics and issues uh, while keeping the great traditions. Um, what do you remember from seeing the show? You said like several times you've seen it? Yeah, a long time ago. We'll certainly remember the costumes and the incredible hats and Val Diamond belting out all the songs. And, and the laughter and the jokes, and yeah, it was raucous and fun and a real institution. Yeah, it's just a loss. I don't know if um, it just came to the end of its time, if the people who were doing it kind of lost their spark for it, if it was something that more tourists went to than people who live here. Yeah. Yes, I have. I've seen it a couple of times. It was... Um... This is Steve Kornreich, a 37-year SF resident. 
costumes, the outfits. I love the ending with the super duper sized hat that, that somebody has to wear at the end and balance. Um, it's just, it's just pure San Francisco theater. It's when was the last time you saw the show? Oh God, probably like 20 years ago. Did you hear the news that it was closing? Yes, I did. What did what did you think when you heard that? I feel like San Francisco is losing an institution. Um, it's uh, you know there's not a lot of the old uh, San Francisco around anymore, and it, something like that. I th I think I wish it would stay. Last question: What do you think the city will be like without it? Um, a little less theatrical, but still a great place to live. One thing I'm noticing here is that. Number one, people don't want Beach Blanket Babylon to go. But number two, it's like frozen in time. And there's this sort of mix up like the current Beach Blanket Babylon is the Beach Blanket Babylon of 20 years ago. People just haven't gone back to this show, even though they seem to love it. I, I, I bet if you polled San Franciscans right now and said, who's the star of Beach Blanket Babylon, even though she's been gone for more than a decade, I think most people would probably say Val Diamond. I've actually had that happen to me. People think Val Diamond is still in the show. One of my real gifts of the day was bumping into a gentleman named Toll, who just moved to Danville from Alabama and declined to give his last name. You also heard him at the top of this episode. We're going tonight. No, you're my perfect interviewee, yes. <laughs> this is my third time. So, okay, what did you think the first time you saw it? Loved it. Thought it was hilarious. Wonderful satire. <laughs> he was bringing 11 people that uh, night. We've got my brother and sister-in-law from Alabama in and their kids. Uh, my cousin and his wife from Memphis, Tennessee. And my cousin from New York. A cross-country gathering at Beach Blanket Babylon. Well, I did tell my cousin from Memphis that, uh, you know, he won't feel lost because Elvis is in the show. And he could cite with specificity his favorite parts of the show. We have Ruth Ginsburg and her theme song is Staying Alive and Nancy Pelosi, leader of the pack. Uh, you got to love the Von Trumps. <laughs> I explained it to my, uh, to my family when we talked about everybody going for Thanksgiving. It's political satire, little risque, leaning to the left. <laughs> As uh, Tull and I were talking, the rain that had been threatening all afternoon finally started. But I got that feeling I get sometimes when I talk to other theater lovers, which is that both of us could have just kept going forever. I don't think we minded or noticed the rain that much. On some great comedy great music. It's just a wonderful review, but I'm glad I got to see it. I love Toll, um, and listening to him, that's where I feel like this could keep going. Um, this does have an audience. Uh, this is relevant in 2019 to a really specific group of people, um, and you can hear it in his voice that uh, he just admires the performers, loves the show, and is going to miss it. Let's contrast Tull with Glenda Graves, a 25-year San Francisco resident who's never seen the show. Did you ever have a desire to? Uh, yeah. If the opportunity came up, a ticket came up, maybe. Not your thing as much? Uh, I live in the Tenderloin, so I go to drag shows 
there. <laughs> what the are, costumes aren't as good. What are some of your uh, favorite troops to see? Oh, well, there's the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, of course, yeah. Um, and then I do love Aunt Charlie's. Uh, when I saw Glenda, she was standing outside Vesuvio's with a cigarette, looking off into the distance. She pointed out a rainbow, which I hadn't seen, despite standing on that same street corner for at least an hour at that point. Uh, did you hear that Beach Blanket was closing? Yes, I did. Did that, like... Oh, it was sad. It's another icon closing shops, you know? Yeah. It just, the, the slow, uh, what is it, um, eradication of what's made us what we are, slowly going away. Did you ever see uh, the film? um, The best part of the conversation was how she didn't want to complain about a changing city without adding this thoughtful caveat. She asked me if I had seen the movie The Last Black Man in San Francisco. As he talks, one of the last uh, scenes is on a bus with these two girls, two white girls, and they're all like, oh, I just can't stand San Francisco. I hate San Francisco. And he's like, you don't get to say you hate it unless you love it. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty poetic. Like, there's you can't have, like, easy hatred or something. Yeah. It's really nice to hear Glenda talk about Aunt Charlie's and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence because, like Beach Blanket Babylon, those are also cultural pillars of the city. And it's clear that she, like so many other locals, has an obvious reverence for these spaces and groups that make the city so special. But at the same time, there's this slight echo of a specific kind of cultural attitude I've noticed toward art and entertainment in San Francisco. And it's almost as if we might love something but not necessarily like it or like it enough to support it, at least even if it's not our taste. And it reminds me of all the bars and the venues that are closing that we collectively admire from afar and feel proud of when we talk about the city we live in. But at the same time, we don't make that leap from appreciating something to action, and we hold dear the things we've never experienced. It's almost like, you know, she quotes The Last Black Man in San Francisco, you don't get to hate San Francisco unless you love it. It feels to me like you don't get to love San Francisco unless you actually experience it. So, and what's your name? Michelle Bolton. What did you make of the news that it was closing? Um, I always feel two ways about something that's gone on for very, very long. It's gone on for very, very long, and it's we live in a capitalist society, and it's still making money, then people want to see it and are getting something from it. On the other hand, it blocks out other new things that could be as interesting and go as long. So sometimes, as hard as it is for traditionalists to let go of something old, something equally good in a new, different way and spirit could come along, too. So, may I ask your name? Yes, Spike McGuire. So, have you heard of something called Beach Blanket Babylon? I have, yeah. It's like, what, isn't that the longest-running show in San Francisco? Why, yes, it of is. Course. It's an absolute institution. Talked about it in the theater community far and wide. I'm actually glad you asked, because now it reminds me that I need to go again. Well, I, I might have some sad news for you. The show is closing. Oh, my gosh. After all these years, why? They're saying, just like, it's time... Um, yeah, it was announced in April, and the last show is New Year's Eve. What does that make you, like, think about? 
Well, it's you know conflicting because you always are sad to hear of any institution um, going away. But then also as an artist, I can appreciate that feeling of completion and kind of knowing when something's done. So if the creative team feels like it is time to move on and start something else, then maybe that is for the best. So, or you know, even just just to close one chapter and start a new one can feel good. That's the thing about art, you know, you're always you're constantly chasing the muse. So sometimes some things aren't ending for sad reasons, they're just ending so new things can begin. Oh, it's me. Oh, well, I'm the biggest star in the world, and there's no stopping me. I used to spend a lot of time bemoaning the things that are gone in San Francisco. Then one day I was interviewing this guy, Jack Tilmany. He's someone who collects old movie theater photos and history of movie theaters. If anyone can be in the woe is me, San Francisco has changed category, it's Tilmany. This was a big check yourself moment for me. I, I remember I was talking to him and complained about a theater that was leaving, and he started listing all the theaters that are still around. I'm expecting him to like, you know, have this support group with me, and we're gonna complain about how San Francisco's changed. And he's telling me, have you been to Chicago? Have you been in New York? We were lucky enough that Bill Graham, Carol Shorenstein Hayes, people like that, took these old movie theaters and made them something else for our community. There are churches in the Bay Area that are taking place inside an old movie theater where the guts of the theater is still there. There's a workout place, the Alhambra on Polk, that the theater's still there. And sometimes one of these theaters comes back, the Alamo Draft House, this theater in the center of a block that no one even knew was there is thriving now. So this is my new default. Um, If I think there's a chance to stop it, if it's something like the punchline, then my advice is ball up both of your fists and fight. But if the runs just come to the end, like Beach Blanket Babylon, then maybe it's just time to say a proper eulogy and then redouble your efforts to visit the things that are still around. During the question, when I was standing outside City Lights, I tried to ask as many of my interviewees as possible if they were theater people generally. And while I did get a few no's... Are you like a theater person generally? Uh, Not really, not really. Not your thing so much? Not really, no. Uh, Not so much, but I do enjoy arts. No, not actually not really at all. Um. The vast majority at least expressed an interest. Just listen to the excitement in the voice of 17-year-old Zara Ahmed of Fremont. Are you a theater person at all? Yes, I am. (laughs) Does that mean you are an actor? No, I just like to watch theater. And um, I don't know, I'd hope to like work backstage or do something like that one day because it's it's just a lot of fun to be in that world. Very rarely do I meet people who feel a total aversion to theater. Usually they're more like, I'd totally go, but I don't have time, or I'd go if my friends are going, or like, but which shows are good? People are theater people. Go to a children's show and look around in the audience and you'll see that a love of performance is inborn for so many of us. It's just that somewhere along the way we forget or we let society convince us that we're not theater people. Whatever you decide to scapegoat for Beach Blanket's closure, and I'm writing about this as a manifesto in the Chronicle's pink section, the best way to fight back Give yourself permission to just go to a show, spontaneously even, and not because anyone tells you that you should, but because you want to. 
When you're there, open yourself to it completely. Let it sink underneath your skin. Entering into someone else's story like that, that's actually an act of courage. It's a civic act. It's part of being alive. And for those of you who can create, maybe we should give the final word to Tim Santry, Beach Blanket Babylon's beloved wigmaster, who was the centerpiece of episode one. Create something. Make a new miracle. Bring something back. Looking up on the morning rain I used to feel so uninspired The Date Book Podcast is produced by Peter Hartlob, Lily Janik, and Annie Weinstein. Supervising producers are King Kaufman, Kitty Morgan, and Tim O'Rourke. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is courtesy Beach Blanket Babylon, and we also played Lobby Time and Bossa Antigua by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, support our work and subscribe at sfchronicle.com, where you can read more Beach Blanket Babylon stories and columns. Oh, my.